0: Welcome to another episode of Men In Your Life, Unapologetically Human. I am Dan, and we have the new... Brady's back, baby. Married big man Sasquatch from Washington is back. Brady, what's going on, dude? Nothing. It's uh, it's been a whirlwind of
1: a few weeks, but uh, we... we, uh, me and, and my beautiful wife i can say that now um and and not be full of shit but uh me and my beautiful wife got married had our honeymoon everything was glorious uh i i want to thank uh dan and his lovely wife uh for coming out and witnessing the spectacle that was my wedding um and uh shout out to uh dad's wife she also uh took the the photos and and the few that I've seen so far have been absolutely beautiful. Um, so, uh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing it. Um, you know, I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you and I haven't known each other that long, but I mean, you've become very important part of my life, uh, you and your wife. and, And I, I appreciate you guys coming out and sharing that with us.
0: I appreciate you, man. And, uh, thank you for the, for the words. I know it was definitely, um, short lived because it was a quick turnaround for us. Uh, I wish we could have stayed longer, believe me. I wish we could have, but dude, the the ceremony was awesome. Um, the food was unfreaking real. Like uh, people could not stop talking about the food uh, the food was unbelievable. Uh, your wife's dress. And I know that she doesn't like it that much or it was not her first choice. Dude, her dress was banging, man. Her dress was awesome. And I know that my wife had a lot of fun taking photos for that wedding. And I told you the other day, um, your guys that you have out there, like your brother and your friends from Alaska and your local friends, you got, you got a good group of dudes around you, man. And I had the pleasure of, you know, talking to your dad and your dad, you know, he had a lot of nice things to say about you. And he had a lot of nice things to say about Sarah. And it was just, I know it was a smaller wedding, but man, that was, that was probably one of the, I would say one of the better intimate weddings that I've been to in a while as even as small as it was, but dude, I'm so grateful that uh you or that you invited us out i'm so glad that we were able to make it that was that was an unbelievable time and like i said dude your your dudes that you got in your in your corner are fucking great a hey, man
1: they are they are i i you know um and and this is this would be you know for to those of you listening you know i used to have a large group of friends i did i mean there was there was quite a few of them we hung out we drank and we had a good old time and all that stuff and. And I don't have as large a group anymore. And let me tell you something: I'm happier. Um, I and I'm not saying that a large group of friends is bad, but you know, the the people I got in my corner, I know are in my corner. Um, it, you know, it was. But you're right. You know, I and I don't get to see my buddy uh, from Alaska very often. He's been my best friend since seventh grade. I mean, we've known each, we we we've known each other a while. Um, and then you know my best man james um you know i i, I think he's i think he listens periodically and if he's listening to this episode ben i mean thank you so much i mean he he was amazing um he's he's one of the best friends a guy could ask for he's always been in my corner we've had our issues in the past but nothing has ever become come between our our, our friendship and and that's something that you know is is priceless it really is um and the you're right i mean my my wife looked stunning that day i mean i i, I was I, I looked good but oh it, oh my good lord she uh she took my breath away she did i mean not not to be cheesy actually no let's be cheesy and and corny she took my absolute breath away she was amazing she you know she has you know just I mean, her body's banging, but she had the most beautiful dress on um, her she, and the just the glow coming from her was amazing. My, my mom actually told me just the other day. Uh, yeah, I want to say uh, Thursday. Uh, she told me just the other day that uh, when we were talking that, you know, one of the things that she noticed from the get go was that when she when Sarah my wife sarah was walking down the aisle um she uh, the way my mom put it she only had eyes for me like she and and i only had eyes for her i mean we basically stared each other down the entire time she was walking down that aisle and and you could tell like there there was there's a lot of love there and i'm looking forward to an absolute lifetime um of of spending every minute i possibly can with that beautiful woman and our beautiful kids and um i barely made it through my vows but um we we did it and um and and i think the the, my favorite part was you know after i said my vows because i went first because the the person that actually presided over our wedding uh old friend of mine um wonderful person um she uh when i gave her a copy of my vows to look over and, and kind of give me any advice and of course she was like no these are perfect these are good and she told me flat out she's all like, you're going first because i'm going to be a blubbering idiot so um but it was beautiful and i think the funniest part was when when f when i was done with my vows um <laughs> to those of you out there um listen to this. <laughs> that is That is my wonderful daughter uh she um if if you couldn't tell she wants a baba but uh when she turned around and she she was like well mine aren't going to be that long and she went into her vows and let me tell you something even though her vows weren't as long as mine they were beautiful and they they meant something so it was great
0: yeah i mean dude your officiant did a fantastic job and your vows i so i i was able to go to seth's wedding and i thought seth had the world record for the quickest breakdown when it comes to vows and then when i had you or when i watched you do your vows i looked at over at taylor and taylor looked at me and i was like i think this was quicker than seth's breakdown but you were right though i mean dude the words you even let me look at it before uh before you guys, or while we were driving around doing stuff, you let me look at it. And I told you, I was like, dude, they're, they're a the damn thing you got to fix on this. Like, this is good. And, you know, you said that, uh, your wife's was not as long as yours, but it's not really about the length. It's kind of just about the words. And she was short and sweet and to the point. And I think that's in a nutshell, kind of how y'all's relationship is. It's just, to the point, short and sweet, you know, you just, you're there, you say what you need to say and you get it done. And the idea was, uh, the, it was just, man, it, it kind of brought me back to like my wedding day and we were, you know, I'm just sitting there and I was like, man, you know, weddings are just fun to be at. And they're fun when you are at a wedding where you generally care about like the people that you're at, you know, and sometimes you just end up being an invite to somebody that you don't really like know too well or it's like the third cousin and you just have to go type of not your cousin but like somebody else is going kind of, you kind of just have to go type of thing but y'all oh, yeah from 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 the get-go you know walking into that casino that was my first time walking into a casino walking into that casino i was looking around i was like oh my god this is nice <laughs> i was like i should not be here and then the ceremony was awesome and dude i mean just like the whole day was just perfect and Um, like I said, dude, we're really happy for you. We're really happy for you and your wife. I did give your best man a little bit of uh, a little bit of shit because when he rolled up in his beautiful classic car and uh, it was parked right out front of the casino because they didn't want to touch it. So they just kind of left it there. I I looked over and I said, so what kind of best man do you got to be to try to one up the groom? on his wedding day. And he goes, well, you know, <laughs> he goes, I just got to let him know, you know, I we just got to set each other in their place. That's all that is. <laughs> that's but, Oh yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's me and him. That's, uh, but no, he,
1: he does have an absolutely beautiful ride. And yeah, this, this casino that we got married at, uh, for those of you out there, uh, we, the valets knew about the wedding. So everybody valeted. And, um, when he pulled up to the valet, first of all, it looks good on the casino to have a car like that out front. Damn right it does. And, and number two, uh, if if the vehicle is worth more than
0: so much money, <laughs> they won't drive it. <laughs> so, I saw, dude, I saw some of those cars that were in the parking lot, and I'm like, I would, I would never, I would never even attempt to drive any of these because I don't have the money to pay this guy back no no
1: and uh and that's you know but you know besides everything else and the food you're right the food was
0: awesome oh I mean god dude that freaking braised beef oh my oh, god it was delicious, it oh. was delicious. Um, oh.
1: but the whole but you know the wedding itself was was awesome uh my dad uh I, I appreciate the kind words my dad is an old bastard and I love him um and, you know, he does, he adores Sarah and, and, you know, he adores his grandkids and he doesn't get over to see him very often. Actually, you know, I talked about it the other day and, um, but you know, it is what it is, but he was able to come over and enjoy the day and, 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 um, and, and really be a part of it. And, you know, we went golfing actually before, uh, the, for the bachelor party. And that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. And, um, he's 70 years old and he hasn't played in seven years. So it was, it was kinda, it was kinda hard for him and he was in pain for a
0: couple of days afterward, but he, he's, he even told me his, I wouldn't have changed anything. So, yeah. Well, um, and, uh, on top of that, I did get to meet your mother. Um, <laughs> what a, dude, I, I'm just going to say your mom is a wonderful person. She and, she's and she she, she gave me a little lecture about my about my language on the podcast. And she asked yeah. me, she's like, she goes, I heard you say that you can uh, separate yourself from the bad language from the podcast and in real life. And I was like, well, yeah. And she goes, well, how do you do that? And I said, because the podcast is designed about being unapologetically human. You just kind of get out everything that's on your chest. And I said, sometimes it's not great and sometimes it is, but it's about just getting all of it off your chest. And she goes, So how are you in in the real life? I said, I'm not that. I said, that's it's when I can get stuff off my chest. I said I'm a much happier person. And she goes, well, I kind of see a difference. And so Dude, your mom though, (laughs) dude, your mom, she, she wasted no time. And I just got to say, dude, your mom is great. And she's probably not going to like me saying this, but your mom is a badass woman.
1: No, she'll (laughs) love it. She will. She's, um, you know, my, my mom is a saint. She is. She, uh, you know, I've, I've brought up a few things in this podcast from when I was younger that, uh, that she's even acknowledged and, you know, I mean, for, for whatever reason, she felt the need to apologize for it. And, And mom, I know you listen, you don't, you, for the record, you never need to apologize for anything in my childhood because I had a wonderful childhood. I did, I had, you know, I was lucky enough not just to have two parents before. Um, my, you know, later on in my teenage years, I ended up uh, acquiring a stepmother uh, um, that, that uh, married my dad. And my stepdad, who you've you know, you've heard me talk about uh, extensively on this podcast, um, was an amazing man and uh, really, really, you know, showed me how to treat the people that you love, especially your other half. And that's exactly what what Sarah is to me. She's my other half. And, you know, he treated my mother like a queen and you know the, my mom has, has told me in the past that you know her, their biggest problem my stepdad and her their biggest problem was who could spoil the, the other one the most and and that's you know and that's a good problem to have um and my so i i i had a wonderful childhood i you know and this kind of goes into what we're talking about today mm-hmm. um you know one thing, you know when I was younger, i I like to blame my situations and the and the and the things that I got into on you know people around me, even even you know before i I truly understood that you know my my past was my childhood was really great and was really beneficial to to me becoming the man that I am. Um, you know the situations I brought in, I, I fell into, you know I've tried to kill myself twice. I've, you know, I've, I've been an addict. I've been homeless. Um, I've made mistakes, but that's the whole thing before, you know, I didn't want to admit to the mistakes to myself. So I blamed everybody else. So I, I deflected on everybody else. And, you know, I can honestly say with, without, without any hesitation that, you know, my childhood is wonderful. My childhood, I was extremely lucky to have the childhood that I had. And, um, you know, regardless of what I may have said in the past, being young and foolish, or or may have done in the past, being young and foolish, you know, the man that I've become today, it it has the my my childhood has have has did have a heavy impact on who I've become, and I like who I am, and that's a big that's a big part of it, and liking who you are, um, really is is huge. It really is. And part of that, in my very humble, very unprofessional opinion, is
0: being able to recognize within yourself when something's wrong. Right. And um, with that, we I don't think if we I think if we say anything else after this point, we will ruin the entire podcast because that was just an entire bow within 15 minutes. And I think we're just done. No yes. joke. We're not done yet. We're not done yet, but done. Um, done over. Um, no, bye. but that was <laughs> See ya. Bye. Um no, but that's a but you t- shoot, dude. When you talk about transitions, that might be like the greatest transition into a topic that may have ever existed. Um Because today we're actually going to talk about transparency, and it's not a lovely topic for a lot of people because, let's be honest, show of hands who's actually transparent with themselves, not I. Then, not you. No, not me. Yeah. Um, Probably not a lot of
1: people. We talk about this. We talked about it right before the uh, episode, actually, um, mm-hmm. you know, before we started recording was, you know, when you were over here and we drove, we had to drive to my house to get ready because I forgot the cake um, and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, one of the first questions you asked me when you got in the car was, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm
0: fine. Hmm, yeah, I'm fine, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh- and if uh, if anybody, those of you that you listened, a um, couple weeks ago, I had added a little soundbite to the end of one of our episodes. And it was basically a uh, general synopsis. Is this: the, A gentleman is talking about how in the world, um, basically when you say that you're fine, it's because you've had years and moments of maybe letdown and trauma and you, it's just, you don't want to talk about it. So the easiest thing to say to get somebody off your back is I'm fine. But in reality, when we say I'm fine, we're not fine. And in that soundbite, he addresses who he's speaking to, which is basically everybody. And he addresses at the end is, but it's okay. Cause I'm fine too. And we talked about that a little bit at, when you listen to that podcast, cause you were like, "Are." after the, that soundbite, you listen to that little soundbite and you were, you said something along the lines of that hit really hard for me or that hit home for me. And I think it plays such a pivotal role, especially with this topic and when mental health in general, and it's not just about mental health. You know, we have people that listen who they deal with their mental health. They deal with anxiety. They deal with, depression they deal with seasonal depression they have clinical anxiety and maybe somewhere down the line you know there's some other things that may have happened where there's abuse there's you know harassment sexual harassment there's abuse from family members there's you know all kinds of things and that's why when we do this we stress when we talk about mental health like mental health is just one thing and underneath that umbrella there's just hundreds of general ideas that come underneath mental health. So, when we talk about that, you know, we 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 harp on depression and anxiety, but we're speaking to everything. And we're speaking to everything underneath that umbrella that is mental health. And transparency is one of those things where, you know, you can look at yourself in the mirror when you wake up in the morning and go, I'm fine, but we're not fine. And there's a difference between There's a difference between not wanting to talk about it or not wanting to address about it because we're not ready or keeping yourself from talking about it and keeping yourself from addressing it because you just don't want to face the truth. And I'm not trying to sound harsh, but a lot of it is sometimes we're not ready, but then your body, your mind will tell you and give you little signs like, hey, we need to talk about this. You're like, nah, I'm good. No, we need to talk. No, I'm good, man. Don't worry. No, I'm good. I'm fine. But you're not.
1: Well, and, and I'd like to add a little bit to that because, you know, not only have we, you know, have a lot of people had trauma and these things in their life that that they I mean, in my opinion, need they I mean, you need to get it out. You do. But a lot of times throughout your past and throughout your life you try to get it out and maybe you pick the wrong person to get it out too. Maybe you, you know, you didn't get it out in a way that you wanted to and, and it didn't really do much for you or whatever. The fact of the matter is, is just getting it out. I, I, I've I always been a firm believer in just getting it out into the world is it, It's a, it's a great step. But a lot of times we've had that, we haven't just had the trauma that, that we need to get out, that, that has affected us in our lives and brought us to a point where, you know, physically, you know, I mean, you said it, you know, your mind and your body will let you know when you didn't get it out. And <clears throat> I mean, your body will break down due to emotional stress and mental anxiety and all these other things. But there are some times where you can, you get it out and you pick the wrong person to get it out to. And then all of a sudden that just sucks you right back in, you right back into yourself. And you're like, well, I just tried to open up. And I tried to be honest with this person that I thought really cared. And you picked the wrong person. Or that person was going on, and honestly, sometimes that person is going through so much too that they can't—they can't handle hearing it because they're not ready. And, right. And go ahead, finish. And and you know, so that that's another thing is you know it, and that takes a lot to really recognize something like that. It takes a lot, and then it takes even more to get you to open up. Um, I I've mentioned this before on this podcast there's been more than once where I've come home and I've parked the car and I mean, I've had a good cry. I have, I mean, it, it'll, it'll only last 30 seconds a minute or something like that, but you know, there's just, the world has weighed upon me and, you know, even getting it out like that is, is therapeutic. It, it helps, but you know, and one more thing, not only do you, you know, do we are we concerned about getting it out but i i mentioned this before we started recording once you get it out it's real and people mm-hmm. don't want to face that i don't mm-hmm. want i mean i'll be the first to admit i'm i'm people i don't want to face half of it i really don't
0: yeah and it's you know you you made a good point where it's sometimes when you let that out you let it out on somebody and maybe they're not prepared for that and we've brought it up once before is maybe sometimes before you let it out and I do and I do this sometimes and and I feel guilty because there's people that I know that might be struggling with something and I sh- shouldn't just flat out vent out unless they're capable of 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 taking that in. But sometimes we have to ask people like, hey, are you are you mentally available to handle what I'm about to tell you? And they may tell, you no, and it's not. It's not a slap in the face if they tell you no. It's because they got something else. They got some stuff going on themselves too. But one of the things that's kind of one of those bittersweet moments about that situation is you have now found somebody who is in a like-minded situation, and you two can now come together and help one another out. And
1: And, But that's also one of the hardest
0: parts is when
1: you find that person. It is. They might not be in a mental state to be able to handle and then you look at yourself and say, "I'm not really in a mental state to handle what they got going on." But what what people need to understand is when you got two people taking both of them taking everything on, it makes it easier. It does. It, it, it does. you know, it's a knee jerk reaction. It's human. Re- it's human nature, especially when you got a lot of stuff going on. To be able to look at somebody and be like, "Hey, I can't handle you right now because you know I got enough stuff going on." They don't think about the fact that that could be another an, another caring human being to help you through what you're going through. And in turn, you help them what they're going through. I mean, the, you've heard the old phrase two minds are two, two minds are better than one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, it, you, like I said, it's another good point because I've talked about it before we had our struggles before my wife got pregnant with, with getting pregnant. And we tried a long time and we would kind of have friends sometimes talk to us about like, just venting about their kids and this and that and like, oh, if you want them, you can have them. And I'm really? – they took and – it and it kind of – yeah, but it's different though sometimes. It depends – and actually I think a lot of it maybe just also depends on the person that you're communicating with. But you – when I opened up to you and the guys about it, you guys were very respective when it comes – when it came to what I was going through. I mean you guys checked in. You were – you know, if I'm all right, if the wife is all right, you know, things like that. And there's people who – and maybe no fault of their own because they didn't necessarily know what was going on, but they knew that we were struggling and they would say some things and I'd say, Hey, you know what, man, I'm, I'm not really in the mindset right now to be talking about that because it's, it's a touchy subject for me. And you brought it up a couple minutes ago where it's not necessary about writing your whole life story out at one time. It's, you know, that old phrase, it's quality over quantity. And it's about the, it's not about you saying everything it's about just saying the things that mean the most to you at that moment and sometimes the quality part of that too is the quality of person that you're talking to you know yes. if you devolve every or devolve everything out to somebody and then they just kind of throw it back in your face that's not a quality person you want to be talking about and you just wasted quality words to that person and that doesn't help go ahead and honestly, you know, I, and I want to, I feel the need,
1: I need to say this about this, because you did just bring up a really good point about, you know, the, the type of person uh, that, that you, that you divulge these, these things to. There are people out there that will use this as ammunition against you. Those are the people, and I will tell you flat out, like I said, not a professional, but I will tell you flat out right now, and I don't like telling people what to do, cut those bastards out of your life. I mean, you there are people out there that will use it, that will divulge it to, to their friends, that will, you know, when you have a private conversation with somebody, especially about mental health and the things that you're going through, that is a private conversation. And if you, and and those of you that are listening, if, if you can look inwards at yourself and realize that you're one of those people, change it, please, mm-hmm. because this is not, that's not
0: ammunition. This is not something to play with. Yeah, this is. Sorry, sorry. It's, no, it's no. You're <laughs> abs- no, but you're absolutely right because it's it's straight raw emotion. And for for somebody to say that, like you just did, that's that doesn't come from just by happenstance. That that is that is pure experience. Like we, nobody's yes. gonna just say that without dealing with it or no, without having to deal with that situation before. And I think you and I both have probably been in that situation before where we've had somebody use that against you or you know you know i got people who would i don't know like i would be struggling with something and they'd be like well would your brother quit well first off you you you're going to get your ass beat if you ever say some shit like that again but second <laughs> yeah but and it's like and second it's like who the fuck are you to tell me excuse my language, who are you to tell me if my brother, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) try to clean it up. I'm going to try to clean it up. But it's like, who are you to tell me what my brother would do? Like my brother did a lot and there was, he didn't necessarily quit, but he broke down. Like he might've been one of the hardest working people I've ever known, but he still had breakdown moments. I mean, Christ, like it happens. Like we, but that's what I mean. You don't, you're absolutely 100% right. And when we talk about whether we're ready or not, I brought it up in our little pre-show, quote unquote, pre-show conversation is you come to me with a problem, right? You have some issues or you, you just need to vent something like that, right? And we, we vent a lot to one another. I'm pulling a table uh, or chair up to your table. I'm listening to what you got. It is easier for me to listen to what you have to say because, and I mean, I don't mean any harm by this. I didn't got to take that shit with me. Now, I'm not saying that as in a mean way. What I mean is when I leave that conversation, I can go, hey, man, like, you know, Brady's really going through some stuff and I can ponder that, thing about it and keep that in my mind so that we can keep talking about it. But I'm that's not I'm not taking it home with me. You know what I mean? And vice versa. But the minute that you or I open up about something going on in our lives, we're taking that home with us. And I think that's the difficult part about opening up and being transparent with yourself and being honest with yourself because honest the, the truth is ugly and it can hurt sometimes. But some that pain that pain can be used as a, as a stepping stone to just kind of like rebuilding and, and putting yourself back together. And like I said, I, I don't mean that in a harsh way, but it's just kind of like, you know, like grandparents. You love the grandparents, they're gonna take your kids, but guess what? those grandparents you get to hand of those kids back and they get to go home at the end of the day and go man I can go to sleep and not have to worry about a crying child tonight thank god you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. same thing you know and it is just I mean not the same thing but the same idea I guess but it's the
1: same <laughs> idea it is the same principle it really is i mean right. i guarantee i guarantee you as much as as my daughter's uh, mima absolutely adores that little girl she had her for a week while we were on our honeymoon
0: and she's probably ready t- to give
1: her back. When we took her <laughs> home, I guarantee you, she—that was probably the best sleep she'd had in in a couple of weeks, at least. But you're right. I mean, that's the whole thing. And and as I said before, you know, this this transparency—it's you know, when you brought that up in the in the pre-show, um, yes, it it is so much easier to be able to listen because you don't have to take it home, but. On the on the flip side of that, on the other side of the table, you've also got. I just put this out in. Place, to
0: deal with it. So can you can you repeat that? It, it lagged out for a second.
1: You can got a you, phone call coming. in?
0: No, no, no. You do you have a phone call coming in?
1: No, I thought you did.
0: No, it just lagged out for a second. If you just say whatever it is that you <laughs> okay. just said.
1: Well. It, I said it before in the pre-show is, you know, it's, it is so much easier to be able to listen to somebody else, just like you just said, because like you, I mean, and you, and that is a beautiful way to put it because it's true and it, and it sounds harsh, but it's a very true statement that you don't have to take it with you. But on the flip side, on the other side of that table, you now just put it out there mm-hmm. and and now you actually have to face it and i think that's probably i mean they 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 say this with a lot of things you know the, the first step is admitting you have a problem and that's not just for addiction that's also for mental health that's for that's for a lot of aspects of life to be honest with you is once you admit the fact that you have a problem now it's out there now you have to face it and none of us none of us really truly want to do that we need to do that
0: yeah, and I think the the hard part about needing to is the thing that maybe we struggle the most wrapping our mind around and we we will find it easier I think to talk to yourself like mentally just kind of you, know, you talk to yourself every I think I, I think it's safe to say that probably everybody talks to themselves and it's not it's not anything crazy you just you have those little inner inner conversations and I do it all the time it's easier to sometimes maybe have that conversation with yourself than it is to put it out there to somebody else because when you when you talk to yourself you're still keeping it in you're still keeping it inside you're still keeping it locked up here but the minute that leaves your mouth And you have put that on somebody else, like you said, it makes it real. You know, we kind of compared it to a relationship. You know, it's like some people, they they get scared when you put titles on it because it makes it real. So when you put that stuff out there and you tell somebody and it penetrates somebody else's ears, it has now become reality and real. And now you're going to be faced to have to deal with it.
1: And just, and, and just so everybody understands, you know, we're not just talking about it becomes real for that person that you decided to bring into your world. It becomes real for you. Like you can put, I know for a fact from experience, you can decide not to talk about, you know, do the, I'm fine. Um, for years, years and years and be quote unquote fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But once you let it, once you let it go, it doesn't just become real for that other person because, and hopefully you've chosen the right person and hopefully they care enough about you to remember. Like I said, and don't, and and, well, like you said, they don't have to take it with them and don't take any offense to that because it sounds harsh, but keep in mind, they're another human being. They have other shit going on, but it's become real for you. And you have now, now, now it's become real, 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 real,
0: real, real, real real, (laughs) real, real world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> real world stuff. So um we're going to we're gonna take a little a little break here for a second. Yeah. And we will be we'll be right back. And I wanna pick up we're gonna pick up right where we left off because this is oh absolutely. This is good this is some good ass right here. And it's some good stuff. And yeah, um ass, so we'll be I mean, thank you. I've been working out ass. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up? That honeymoon did you well. All right, so we will be we will be right back. This is men in your life unapologetically human. We will be right back. Welcome back. This is men in your life unapologetically human. Dan and Brady here. Take a little break. Coming back at you. We are talking about transparency. And uh, being just transparent with yourself, being honest with yourself, um, being honest with people, just being honest in general. I mean, that's really what what transparency is all about. And before we kind of broke off there, you you brought up something that kind of struck with me was, you could be dealing with something for years and and struggle to talk about it, right? I I spent years dealing with the issue of losing my brother to suicide, and it took me years to even remotely try to start talking about that. And ironically, the person who I really opened up to about it is now my wife. And we talked about this stuff on our first date, which is like a big old no-no. But she was, she was going through something as well and she had lost a friend to suicide and it's just it was one of those things where it was the right moment right time right person and when like you said you have the right person and the quality of person and you can talk about that stuff it really does make life a lot easier and i will still struggle today about talking about things like that i struggle with Issues that I may have at work or problems that I may have, like self-doubt, things like that. And she's very animate about making sure that when I'm ready to talk about it, I'll talk about it. But she is very animate about letting me know that she's in my corner when I need her to be and when she's ready to be. And I think, I think we got to be like that more when it comes to people, you know. I see these ads and you know we talked about this once before social media is kind of (laughs) like it's kind of like the bittersweet thing you know it's there to connect with everybody but you see all the negative crap that's on it and I saw some of these ads on 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 Facebook about places that are are not places but like programs and things that are designed to kind of help you talk to somebody if you're dealing with mental health and it was troubling to see the amount of people that would comment and make fun of people dealing with a mental illness, dealing with anxiety, dealing with, you know, depression, doing, dealing with suicidal thoughts. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, the reason why we need to have these outlets is because there are people in the world that just want to be dicks and they want to laugh at you when you have to deal with these problems and that doesn't make things any easier or better for you when you're trying to put your, put back your life or rebuild or, you know, anything like that, you're trying to take those steps to, to, you know, get better. And even if you do take those steps to get better, even when you do finally open up, whether it could take years, months, days, whatever it is, it doesn't just kind of stop there, right? It kind of just keeps going and one of the things that we kind of really want to stress is it's okay like we said it's always it's okay to not be okay but we also want to stress that you don't have to justify yourself if you're not ready to open up about something and we've had some people reach out to us who have opened up about being interested in wanting to listen to the podcast or they have listened to an episode and they have come to us and they have said those words, um, Hey man, I'm really interested in this podcast. I'm not ready to listen to it though. And, know, uh, we'll tell them like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's, um, You know it's okay like you don't have to justify why you're not ready to listen to it and then they would follow up with something like i had somebody reach out and they say it's not that i don't want to it's that i know that if i do i'm gonna fall into that rabbit hole um and it's like you don't you don't get excited that people it's not like there's a subtle excitement because people are drawing interest into your podcast or drawing interest into what we're saying But it's also we're doing something that is reaching out and actually it's touching people. And it's to that point now where people have recognized what's going on. They recognize what we say, what we're doing. And it's enough where just a few minutes into an episode is enough to struck a nerve with them where they know that they're not ready to deal with something yet. And like we said earlier about this whole thing, it's not – sometimes it's not be, uh, sometimes it's about not being prepared or being ready to talk about something but it's also are we holding ourselves back from helping each other or helping ourselves and it's a fine line because we don't ever really we don't ever really know i mean I, do you struggle with that i do i do and you know it's it, it is one of those things that um I think
1: everybody does, and and keep in mind that something that I have come to realize over over the years is those people that uh, look at this the the transparency that we're talking about today. Those people that looked at that transparency is as a negative and as something they want to attack. Those are generally the people that that have some shit to get off their chest. <laughs> And I'm not and I'm not saying that as you need to take that on. I'm saying that as, you know, and I'm not saying it's a good reason for them to mock you or to, you know, diminish what you're going through. I am saying it, however, in a way that, you know, as a human being, you know, even if they're not willing to do the work and willing to do what, you know, willing to keep an open mind to it, you know, be the better person and, and look at them and say, OK, you know, obviously you've got some shit that you need to deal with and you've got issues. And that's why you're lashing out at me. So I'm not going to take that person. It's a lot easier said than done. Right. But but keep that in mind, because they're generally the ones that need the most help. I mean, those people right. honestly take a look at your life. Take a look at the people that you have around you. The people that seem to have the least amount of problems are probably the people that are more shut inside of their head and don't have an outlet in order to deal with their problems that, you know, Dan, Dan and I, we, we do this podcast and it's, they're very, very much therapy for us as well. And, you know, we have our issues but we're able to deal with them in a in a little bit more constructive way because we're willing to get it out we're willing to put it out in there we're willing to stra- share this with strangers because right. you know and and i've said this before and i will continue to say this in this podcast you know if this podcast helps helps one person it's done its job it's it, it is it is fulfilled the reason that we have that, that we wanted to start doing this
0: yeah i mean yeah, like like you said, it's if, if it reaches one person, we've done our job. So when somebody comes and tells us, hey, I, I like I really want to listen, I'm not mentally prepared because I may go in a rabbit hole and now I'm gonna be forced to face all my things, that's all right. Like that's the point that's okay. of this whole thing, man. Yes. That is the entire point of this. And you will listen when you're ready. You will listen however long you want to listen to, whether it's five minutes, whether it's the whole hour and a half, whether whatever it is, like it the point is. Is that we're doing this and you say you, you say willing and it's not like we're really willing to open up. It's we have to open up to be honest and truthful if we're going to tell other people like, hey, it's OK. You should like open up and ask for help. Like we, we have to do that to be able to do what we're doing. And it's not yeah. easy, but it makes yeah. it a lot easier when you're doing it with somebody that you that you can trust and that you can can you connect with, you know. And yeah. you were talking about a couple minutes ago how sometimes somebody will like look at you and be like, hey, like you need to get your shit together. That's not a knock. Like it may come off as negative, but sometimes somebody somebody who may not be able to just accept that mentally right then and there, like for your like help, like they're addressing, they're recognizing that there's something going wrong. That's sort of way of trying to tell you, hey, you really need to sit down and look at yourself, and go through the ugly truth of what's going on. And the hard part about putting yourself back together when it comes through mental health, trauma, anything like that, is sitting down and accepting the ugly truth that this happened, this is what's going on, now how do we get past it? And the how do you get past it part, I think, is what, I think it I think that's the part that scares people the most when it comes to dealing with some issues, because you can say, yeah. Oh okay, well, my brother killed himself. okay, and, I ain't got nothing for you. Well that's a fu- I mean, it's a lie. That's an absolute lie. i could I could go on and on and on. Do I want to? No, Maybe yeah. because I don't feel like it, or maybe it's because up here, I'm just not ready to go through it right now. You know, and yeah. it's. And you've mentioned it with, uh, you know, with your with the divorce that you went through. You don't talk about it very often, but it's something where you talk about it when you're ready to. And mm-hmm. I think some that is also the important part about being transparent with yourself is only you are going to know when you're ready. Nobody else can tell you when you're ready.
1: That is, and I agree, that is a big part of transparency. It's not just getting things out and being transparent with yourself as far as, you know, I need to deal with this. It's also being transparent with yourself that I'm not ready to deal with this. Um, I have brought up in the past, my divorce is not something that I like to talk about. It it isn't. Um, It's amazing. I felt like a switch has kind of gone off since I have married my best friend and somebody that, you know, I know has my back at all times. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's something transparency, you know, this is, this is a, another aspect of it. Um, but not only am I transparent with, with, with myself and with the things that I have to deal with in my life, you know, let me tell you something, there have been things, I mean, omissions, lies, whatever you want to call them that I've done in, in, in my past relationships. I'm not proud of them. And generally, they're in order to avoid conflict. Um, You know, I've done something, you know, I stayed out a little too late. Nothing serious. I've never cheated. I do not cheat. Um, For just for those of you out there that are like, oh, he cheated. No, I didn't. Um, But one of those things is that, you know, I have omitted I have, you know, stayed out a little too late, had a little too much to drink, whatever, and been like, oh no, I was home by like 10 or something like that, you know, just to avoid conflict. And that's not okay. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not saying that, you know, you should lie to somebody. But I've done that with relationships in the past and I can tell you without without hesitation, I have never done that with my wife. She knows everything. Literally yeah, I, they, There have been things that have happened throughout the day that, you know, um, that in relationships in, in the past, I would not have brought up because uh, they, they maybe they I know how insensitive they might be. And they just they, they would, you know, give me grief over it or whatever. Um, but the whole thing is, is my wife knows everything. Yep. And let me tell you something those of you out there that is such a freeing feeling. You know, it, you've you've brought it up. I want to say you've brought it up in, a, in in one or two podcasts that you know, it is the truth is so much easier to keep track of than a lie. It is. Yeah. I mean, because a lie compounds and it gets worse and worse and worse. And and then you have to like, remember, and then you Mm -hmm. have to, you know, oh, well, this needs to be realistic and that needs to be realistic. And, you know, as, as human beings, I don't know anybody that's never told a lie. I don't, but, and I'm, and, and I'm no different. I've told plenty in my life. I mean, you could ask my mom, I could spin a yarn when I was a kid, let me tell you. But, um, my wife knows everything. She is my best friend. I do not have any issues whatsoever telling her the 100% truth, what I said, what I did, anything like that. And that is probably the most, this that that is one of the reasons that I can honestly say I will be with this woman until the day that I die. As I said in my vows, I would walk through a concrete wall. I would take on the devil himself to make sure that she was okay. And that is not a lie that is not, I mean, I, and and the the reason is, is that, you know, I have found that person. I found that person that I can be 100% myself with and it's okay. And that goes, and that's not just romantic relationships. I urge you to, to, to look at friendships that way too. If you can't be 100% yourself with, with, with a friend, then I'm not going to say what kind of friend they are because they don't know any better. I'm going to ask what kind of friend you are, honestly. And that's the truth. That's the hard truth. You're not being 100% with the the people that you love around you. How can they be 100% with you when, when they don't really even know who you are? Not every aspect. So be 100%. Give it. Give that to somebody whether it be a friend or, or, or somebody like that, but give 100%. Now, don't get me wrong. If my wife ever looks at me and says, does this dress make me look fat? I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> the answer <laughs> I mean, is never yes. I mean, but there, but, you know, that's, you know, that, that, and, and we joke about that all the time, me and my wife. We do. I mean, it's, you know, not not the dress make me look fat kind of a thing, but it's one of those things that, I mean, there are those things. I mean, it's stereotypical. And, and let's, you know, lighten this this part of the conversation up a little bit. There are certain answers that we already
0: know before. That oh. question is asked. Oh, 100%. <laughs> That's why when they said, do I look fat? And they see damn girl, you looking like a snack. Nom 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 nom. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And and it may be the most hideous
1: printed dress on the planet. They have, but no, you, baby, you are look like a
0: million bucks and a bag of chips. All right, just. <laughs> I mean, you know, the dress didn't look good until you put it on. Exactly. I hope y'all dress, out there taking notes. And now just, that dress looks like it cost a million dollars.
1: Yeah. No, and that's you know, but but like, and and, and in all seriousness, though, you know. That's part of being transparent. It's not just, you know, it's and you know, to to dial it back, to bring it back to what we were talking about before. You know, it's not just we're not just talking about transparency with, with, you know, letting things out. It's also be being able to say, you know, um we and you've mentioned that we've both had friends reach out and say, you know, I'm just not ready to hear this shit because you guys are being you guys are actually putting it out there and and I'm not ready for that. And to all of you out there that's okay that's fine
0: yeah Um, and and you know i think the important the important thing about that is and i mean dude i i you you brought it up already you talk about being cheesy and shit, and if that's not a test testament to love i don't know what is and if y'all put on some um barry white a little bit later tonight and you know lay down by a fire i ain't gonna blame you One bit if your wife hears these words coming out of your mouth, because that that's going to happen if she ever hears you say those words again. Oh, yeah. I hope I hope you're prepared. No, but you're 100 percent right. And it's you have to be honest if you're if you have friends in your circle. And you are willing to open up about certain things, don't don't lie to them about it. If they're going to give you your their time and they want to be there for you, don't. Don't like you said, don't lie to them about things that are going on, because then you got to compound and compound and compound. And then what ends up happening is they find out that you've been lying the whole time. And now not only do you feel like an ass because you lied to a friend, a good friend of yours. Now they don't trust you anymore. And now you may have also just lost that friend. And
1: and and, uh, and all the truths
0: that you have already spoken, they no longer they no longer exist. It means nothing. There's no weight to them whatsoever. The respect that the respect that they had for you is now gone. And it, it may sound harsh and this may sound bad, but I mean, that's what this is. That's what the part unapologetically human is, is that we're trying to just give you the honest, ugly truth. And sometimes and I was thinking about this the other. Actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. Because everybody thinks best when they're shower. Let's just be honest. And you said, you know. Oh, you think in the shower? I, I, I Yeah, yeah. I think in the shower. That's the. Only, that's the only time I can think. Um, like you said, not there's not been there's not a single person in this world that has never not told a lie. We've all told a lie at some point in our life, and it may have been as a kid maybe you don't do it now, but it's one way or in another, we've all told a lie at some point in our life. So don't act like you've never done it. And then try to hide this mask that you're this perfect person. When you take the mask off and you have a uh, Walmart warehouse full of stuff going on that you haven't even sorted through, but then you want to cast stones at somebody else because they got some shit going on in their life. Like, don't, don't be that person. You know, no. we, talk, we can be transparent. Being transparent is one thing. Being an asshole is something else. And and, and honestly,
1: and honestly, I mean, you, you, you pretty much nailed it, but you know, I, I would like to just add on to that is, you know, being transparent. We're not saying just unload everything. Be transparent with what you feel like unloading. You don't have to, you don't have to give somebody just like you said earlier, you don't have to give somebody your life story all in one sitting, but you know, what you are giving, give all of it. Mm-hmm. Honestly,
0: be or even if you don't give all of it, be honest about what you do give. And and on top of that, not everybody, not everybody deserves access into what's going on in your life. You can have friends that don't have any idea what's going on in your life, and that is okay because you've made yeah. that choice. You know, it and is a choice, and that doesn't make them any less of a friend. No, no, it doesn't. It's just maybe you're not ready to tell them what's going on because you're not sure how they will handle it. And a lot of it maybe that too is something happens. Maybe I don't know how you handle it, and I tell you something, and you handle it in a negative way. Now it's like, oh well, shit. Now it's ruined. I can't tell anybody about this stuff. Anymore. Not only, you know not only I mean? is it
1: not only is it ruined, but it's also compounded. You're like, oh shit. Now I have to deal with that.
0: Yeah. Now, oh, now it got awkward. You yeah. Know. And it, it's, it, we bring it up. I bring it up and we do, we try to do, we do, an, I think we do an excellent job of staying away from stuff like politics and yes. really things like that. And, and mainly religion, except for the one episode with Chris, because Chris is a very religious person and uh, you know, he, yeah, but he's honest
1: about it. Like he, he is in a yes. conversation yes. about both sides with that.
0: Yes. And it's not down your throat, you know, and no. I, when we talk about this stuff and being transparent and being honest and open with other people, one thing I've, that, you know, people struggle with is even coming out with their own, like sexuality. Like if somebody comes out of the closet and tell their parents, Hey, I'm, I'm gay, you know, you don't know how your parents are going to take that. And some parents will disown their own child because of that. And that is, that is that is on you that is your prerogative that is your bed you gotta fucking live with it all right but that's it's hard when you see things like that happening and you want to open up about something like hey i had a drinking problem i can't like i'll go out with you guys can't have any beer please don't pressure me into drinking and you see something like a parent react like that with their own child. How do you think some of your friends who aren't, you know, maybe you've known for a little bit. How do you what do you expect? How are your friends going to think? Do you think they're going to pressure you? Are they going to bully you? You don't know because you've never brought it up. And now you're terrified to bring it up because all you see is negative.
1: And I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, there are those there there are those parents that I mean, and it's not just, you know, your sexuality or anything like that. I mean, just your mental state in general. And I'm not saying your, your chosen sexuality is a mental disorder. I am saying that just, you know, those tough conversations that you might have with your parents. Now, those of you out there that are parents, please listen to this and listen closely. Because your reactions are going to determine how they, your children, how they react in public, how they react with other people, because honestly you are supposed to be there 100% for your children. I don't give a damn what you, no think. matter what, no, no matter. matter what, I don't care if you think that being gay is a sin. I don't care if you think being gay is the greatest thing on the planet, how you react to your child sharing how they feel. And like I said, I'm not just talking about, or sharing their depression, sharing, you know, I mean, I, I remember the look on my dad's face when I was in the hospital, the last time I tried to kill myself, it was, I mean, it hurt, but you know, how you react and it wasn't shame just for those out there. It wasn't shame or anything like that. It was, it it was, it was pain in his eyes, but how you react to your children and how, you know, if you are reacting in a negative way, keep in mind, that is going to affect their social, you know, their ability to socially interact for the rest of their lives because you, are supposed to be there no matter what. If you cannot do that, do not become a parent.
0: Sorry. You know, I I am, I am. No, I am. You know, you can see me. I am silently fucking rooting you on because a fudging man, man, like that is when we, when in our household, when we were dealing with, as a family with the loss of my brother, the words depression and suicide were something that was not allowed to say in our house. So somebody who has dealt with that and is now dealing with the fact that his older brother has dealt with that, how the hell do you think that makes me feel? You know. And granted, like I said, we've talked about this in podcasts before, the relationship with my father and I is much, much different than it was back then, like Mm -hmm. positively much, much different. But when you talk... you have a kid in high school who's going through something like that and say they open up to a teacher. The teacher doesn't, you know, just brushes him off, doesn't say anything about it. Say they're getting bullied. They do. They ask the teacher to do something about it. They don't do anything about it. Kid keeps getting bullied. He goes home. Okay. He goes home and he tells his parents he's getting bullied. Well, he would say maybe he goes home and I'm I'm going to be super negative about this. Okay. Just to paint a picture. Say he goes home to a family where the father is an abusive alcoholic, okay? So now he's got to deal with a parent being abusive, go to school, deal with being bullied, and then lean on a teacher who's supposed to be there to mold the minds of children. That is literally your only job is to mold the minds of children and help them through things, and to help them figure out life, basically. And you get brushed off. How do you think that kid's going to react at 12, 13? I'll tell Mm -hmm. you how he's going to react. It's going to be another statistic. Yes, and that shit happens he, he, every day. He or she is going to be another number, and that's not okay. Um, I, I will have to say, I do
1: have to say that, you know, me personally, I agree. Uh, teachers, they they are there to mold your mind, mold young minds. Now, that being said, I will tell you that teachers are not the parents. However, mm-hmm. there are laws in at least most states. I can't I can't say all states because I don't know. But there are laws in at least most states that when a child comes to to a teacher and they believe that they are in danger of harm or self-harm or anything like that, they are to notify the parents. That is that is part of your job. That is part of what you do. Now, Chris, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: yeah, Chris, Chris would, know would probably about that. have
1: more insight about this so, than I would. a little bit would and honestly, that would, next time he, he comes on with us, I would love bit discuss this with him. with um, Chris, if but, you're
0: listening, you know, just drop a comment when you a yeah. the episode to a us know if we're right or wrong because if we're yeah, wrong bit wrong, we we're we're wrong, right, then...
1: and if we're wrong, we will completely acknowledge it. Yep. But now you're right. bit of a little bit I mean we say a lot of he because like I said we do kind of try to focus on on men's mental health but this is for everybody. But here she goes home to a bully. That's I mean that's generally what you know a, a, an, a, an abusive alcoholic you know honestly mom or dad mm, yeah. um, they go home to a bully they go to school with a, to a bully. Generally these kind of kids and now I don't know about the alcoholics you know abusive parent side of it but i can tell you and i've told i've said this before i am six foot four i am damn near 300 pounds and i was bullied mercilessly growing up and you that that takes its toll on you it 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 really does but you go home and you have no outlet you have nowhere to go you you can't get away from that that attitude this the, your child will be another statistic. So please take stock. Take right. stock. I mean, I I question myself every day, and when, and I don't know if that makes me a good parent, a bad parent, or just a parent. But I question myself every day. Am I doing a good enough job to for my son to be a good man, for my daughter to understand? I will tell you this, and I have, and I will be one hundred percent honest. In my house, growing up. It was if if you get into a fight, you better not have started it, but you damn well can finish it. That was a rule. Now, <clears throat> my kids, me being as bullied as I was growing up, my children, both of them, will understand that you know. Yes, you will get in trouble with the school. You may be suspended. You may have you may have uh, some social backlash, but if anybody ever Bullies you or anybody or any of your, even any of your friends, I'll, I'll add this to it. You, any of your friends with, with, with my son, you know, you ever catch anybody bullying your little sister and and even my daughter, you catch anybody bullying your big brother you have my full permission to take them out and you guys may look at me may be like oh that's the wrong thing to say and and violence is never the answer no violence is you're right violence is never the answer but it it is it can be a deterrent i mean i'm sorry
0: let's be honest with this too because everybody says violence is not the answer And, and a lot of times you see people who say oh violence is not the answer you know turn to jesus stuff like that let's be Whether you're religious or not, let's let's just be honest. If you open up the Bible and you look at it, Jesus let a man go to war. All right, let a man go to war. What do you think happens in war? People die. He didn't stop that man. He helped that man win a battle. All right, so don't tell me that violence is. You're right. Violence is not the answer. But I'm gonna be the same way with my daughter. If one of your friends is getting bullied. you you stand by your friend and you help them out you protect them Mm -hmm. all right you never throw the first punch you won't throw the last that is that is a whole different story and that is something that my brother had taught me when i was growing up when i was going through high school you know i'm not i'm not the biggest dude there is but i always felt that i could carry myself very well and I may have put on a few extra pounds but that attitude and that mentality doesn't go away just because you put on 30 pounds right and when i was growing up in high school i was bullied very often because i was a wider kid right i might have been a wider kid but i was a wider kid that got to a point where i was tired of being bullied and instead of going to a teacher And telling them about it, I took matters in my own hands. And that also stems from some childhood problems like, you know, anger, aggression, anger issues, things like that. It all compounds on itself. Right. And I think that just goes to show that even at the young age of 12 and 13, you can start to develop mental health things like you start to develop these things at a young age and sometimes it's you know people bring up the 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 discussion of well he's just lashing out i'm like yeah he might just be a dickhead but is he being a dickhead or does he actually have a problem is there something going on like that's that's the fine line yeah you need to find that out and my problem growing up into high school was i never told anybody I played football. I let it out on the football field. I would, I would, you know, just play it a certain way. That was one thing I did things in high school and, and fought got into fights and stuff like that. Never started them. I was just always involved in them. Um, as you know, I am a very opinionated person. And if there's something I'm going to say, I'm going to say it. And yes, I luckily don't ask how I never really got in trouble for any of this stuff. Um, Then again, when I was going to high school, it was a lot different back then than it is today. Um, But to the point is even even at a young age of 12 and 13, kids can be going through stuff. So when you send them off to middle school and high school. Be honest and transparent with them with them, and under, have them understand that you are going to hear some things that should not come out of a 13-year-old's mouth. You're going to deal with some things that a 13-year-old should never have to go through. You should not have to deal with a 13-year-old bully – Because maybe the bully has got an issue at home where like we said, maybe mom and dad is abusive alcoholic, you know, maybe, maybe he's got a drug problem, maybe something like that. And they take it out on the kid. You know, they always say, you know, a bully is the one that's always got some problems going on. Well, maybe that's true. So if you encounter a bully, maybe instead of like we said, maybe violence isn't the answer, whatever, all that crap, maybe instead of next time throwing a punch, Maybe reach out and see if you can, hey, is everything all right? Like you is everything okay? You know, we can talk about this. And then if they want to keep picking on you, you know, at some point there's a line you just don't cross. But
1: Well, and and honestly, I'm gonna stop you there for a second because you know this this is gonna be one of those rare instances that I think you and I disagree because honestly, a 12, 13, I mean shit, 17. Um, you know, you you're not really sorry about this but you're not really developed mentally enough to to really tackle that i mean yes right. you know some of the you know there there was a kid that i grew up with um that you know he and i were great friends and then you know we were just bitter enemies and then we were great friends and then we were better enemies and i mean i'm talking about like knockdown, drag out fights um At that age, you're not, you're not ready to, and that's probably one of the hardest things to deal with, especially as, as a parent, you know, I'm looking forward, you know, not looking forward, but I'm looking ahead to this, this situation that I might be in to where, you know, my, my son may, may end up, you know, being bullied or something like that. And as much as I would love to say, you know, try to shake his hand and become friends, you know, this, this bullies problems are not an excuse, you know, and, and the, and the re, there's a reason I say this, there, there is a backstory to this. And I think I've mentioned this before, you know, my, like I said, my stepdad, it was, was extremely important to me and a huge part of my life and a huge part of the man that I've become. And, um, you know, there was this one time it was seventh grade. Um, this kid named Robert. And the only reason I'm using his name is because Robert is such a common name. I'm not going to give any other names. But this kid named Robert, um, he and I got into a fight in school. And this wasn't exactly my first fight, if you know what I mean. I was bullied. Like I said, I was bullied mercilessly. And and this kid, he wasn't very socially accepted either. But, um, you know, I got picked on and he got picked on. and, And he was one of those people. Well, if they pick on him, maybe they'll like me if I pick on him, too. And he and I got a new fight in the middle school, and um, and it was it was you know it was a fight, and yeah, you know, and, and when I say that, I, I want to clarify with everybody that you know fights in school, as everybody that can look back and know, they last about thirty seconds to a minute and a half. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 let's let's just be honest with each other. It's not like punches were thrown and. And, you know, it's not like the movies, okay? You know, usually a, a couple of punches, maybe at the most three punches are landed, and it's over. Um, but, you know, we, we got into it, and then there was a teacher that came out and caught us fighting, and I was the one that got suspended, the one that got suspended. And and I elected to have ISS, which was in-school suspension. Basically, meant, you know, you had study hall all day. Um, and... When when we found out, and for years I thought it was my mom that did this. But when we found out, um, my parents found out that the other other kid uh, didn't get in trouble. They called the school and was like, "What's going on with this?" And uh, for for a very very long time, I thought it was my mom that did this. Come to find out, it was my dad, my stepdad. Hmm. Um, and uh, apparently, and this is coming from my mom, apparently on the phone. <laughs> the school said, "Well, this other kid has some social issues. Keep in mind, I grew up with these with most of these kids, and I was bullied mercilessly, and I was picked on like you wouldn't believe, and I took it. and um to the point where I mean I, like i said there was there was a new girl in school, and I was right behind the the group of girls that she was hanging out with, and they said, You know, you want to be popular in the school, don't hang out with Brady. I mean, it's not, I'm not kidding when I say it was, it was bad for me. Um, And when they said, you know, this kid has social issues. um, My, my stepdad told them, you want to see social issues? Look at my son. And like I said, for years, I thought it was my mom and, and, and shout out to my mom for, for, you know, for, you know, being there for me. But, you know, that was definitely one of those times where, you know, especially when I found out later on in life that it was my stepdad that actually did this, that actually said that to the school, that, you know, you want to see social issues, look at my son, and he grew up with all these people. Um, you know, that's, that's one of those things that, you know, it's so easy to dismiss, and this is where I'm going with this. It's so easy to dismiss, oh, well, they're kids. Hmm. Oh, well, you know, they're... You know, you, you, you think you have it hard, enjoy your childhood. You know, some kids don't enjoy their childhood. Some kids have a rough childhood, and, and whether it be at home or at school or in the social circle or lack thereof, do not dismiss it. My stepdad never did. My mom never dismissed it. Nobody ever dismissed. Oh, that's just kids being kids. Yes, kids will be kids, and kids will will bully other kids, and it's not it's not a pretty picture, and it's not something that should ever happen. Unfortunately, that's part of life. But right. don't ever if if a child, whether it be one of your one of your kids' friends or your kid themselves, comes up to you and and they have a problem with something like that, don't ever say oh it's just, don't worry about it. It's they're just being kids.
0: Don't ever yeah. Do it's, that. They're not they're not just being kids, and you know again, like I said, that's a that's a testament to your stepfather. You know, you've said a lot of things about your stepfather and and that's a testament to who he was as a person. And you know i i a hundred percent agree with everything that you said. Um, I think what i I think what I meant more, maybe I most misspoke, but what I meant was, as a as a kid, like you're fourteen, fifteen, don't just, don't don't judge that kid just because he's an asshole like you you're going to get like things like that are going to happen like being bullied in school is going to happen it shouldn't but it's going to happen it may not happen to you but it's going to happen maybe it happened to somebody that you know mm-hmm. and what i mean by don't just write that bully off and just consider them like you know oh that dude's an asshole that that kid's that kid's got some stuff going on and as you get older and like for me, I went to a secondary school. So it was seven through 12. And as I got older, when I, you know, I spent, you would see your bullies in the hallway more and more often. And as I got older to 10, 11th grade, 12th grade, you start to realize like, oh shit, this kid's got a rough childhood. And now mm-hmm. I see why this kid is acting out the way that he is, because he's acting out. He's not being a bully because he chooses that one day he just doesn't like you and wants to be an asshole. You know, sometimes kids are like that. Like, they will be like that. But
1: yeah, but I mean, generally, the, generally, the point there's is it.
0: there's something behind it. And to tie it back to being to this whole transparency thing is. It's, it's accepting and understanding that everybody, there, people are going to go through stuff. Maybe not everybody, but most people go through something and it may be minor to some and it may be in a larger scale to others. But if somebody is reacting a certain way to something, no matter how minor it is, maybe minor to you, it's not minor to them. And, you know, somebody may react poorly to, I don't like, they're like a fish dying, right? Like, to me, I don't see that as a big deal. But to somebody who, to somebody who maybe, I don't know, spent a lot of time with that fish in their life and maybe, maybe they had conversations with that fish. Who knows? But if they're upset about something like that, something small to me, which is small, it's not small to them. And, being honest with yourself about certain things like that, where is where it starts. And sometimes it's not necessarily about being honest about what you're going through. Is It's just being honest with, the, with yourself with the fact that other people are going through some stuff. It's not always about me. It's not always about you. It's not always about everybody else. That other people are going through some things. And there's no reason for you to lash out at the cashier at Walmart because she's moving slow. Well, shit, maybe she's got a bad day. Maybe she's got some stuff going on. You know, I'm not going to I don't I, I made a point along, you know, when I was really young to make sure that like I've seen my father when we would go out to dinner and he would kind of be a dick to like a waiter because maybe they're slow or something like that. Maybe it's not that they're bad at their job. Maybe they got some shit going on. So sometimes, you know, it may be like service is bad when we go out to dinner, but I'll never let them know, really, because maybe that person's got something going on. And how do you know that that person maybe didn't? maybe that person at that, that day just. Lost a family member, and they came into work because they can't afford to 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 not go to work. They can't afford to not get paid that day. You know, you don't know, and I think the point of it is is that you don't know what people are going through in their life. And I was thinking about this the other day, and it kind of hit me where I'm not I'm not trying to be real negative about this, but and this is not self inflicted. What if What if you woke up tomorrow? And tomorrow, that was it. What if that was the last day that you had left here? Are you are you happy with who you are as a person? Are you happy with how you've acted and reacted to certain situations? You know, it's it's a, kind of like a morbid thing to think about. But the truth is, is that that happens for some people. Sometimes people wake up and they get on the highway to go to work and they get run off the road by an 18 wheeler and that's it for them. So how do you think, like, when you think about stuff like that, like, it's kind of terrifying and frightening because it makes you rethink everything about your life. But it's like, oh my God, like, have I done enough as a parent to not necessarily leave a legacy, but have I done enough as a parent for my child to, to better them for their life? Or have I done enough as a husband to make sure that my wife and my family are taken care of? Have I done enough as a friend to make sure that I've done enough to reach out if something is wrong? We, I think today with society is that we rely so much on social media that when we wanna get information about somebody, we go to Google, we go to Facebook to read about this person's life, to figure out what's going on in their life instead of just going to Facebook to figure out what's going on with somebody's life, give them a phone call, drive by their house, you know, you drop know I, in, knock on the door. See I, how I realized doing.
1: this, I realized this a, a, a while ago and, you know, I've, I've been known to shut down my Facebook. Actually, I all but shut it down right before we did this podcast. I think I actually started to back up because we did this podcast and, um, <laughs> You know, I've I've I said this a long time ago, and, and I'll continue to say this that social media, to me, in my humble opinion, is anything but social.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's turned me, in. It's turned in so negative.
1: It has, it has. People, you know, keyboard warriors mm-hmm. have 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 turned had have made it into. I mean, I think they call them trolls, but they've made it into something that you know, is it's a weapon on almost for, for, for some people, some people like me, I love keeping up with my, with my family. And that's generally why I use it. But some people use it as a weapon. Some people use it as, you know, a way to get to somebody quote unquote. And I mean, that's, and that's where I, that's where I kind of fall when I say social media has become anything but social.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I I'm I'm not the best with social media, you know, but I think when most people, most of my friends, or anybody that follows or sees me on Facebook, most of my comments are usually based around sports, and I love talking about sports, and it's an outlet, and I will have I will have knockdown, dragout uh, conversations with with Washington football oh, just, fans just, about just
1: po- say arguments.
0: Arguments there we go arguments, but it's more so and and it's like my wife was like, you know She's like you may know a lot of things and then they don't I'm like I get that But I was like it comes from when when you've been around like I coached football I coached on a minor league team. I've been around it. I've seen guys play from the collegiate level I've coached baseball for 15 years So when you sit down and from that mental aspect of it and you see some of the things that people say you look at it differently. Like I don't see it as a fan, I see it as a coaching person, right? So, or as a coach. And when we look at this stuff, you talk about keyboard warriors, right? There's a difference between being an asshole on Facebook and standing up for somebody on Facebook. Like right. you can somebody could be going through something and you could type something out and let basically letting that person know, like, hey, like I recognize you got an issue and there's something going on, or you got a problem, there's some some shit going on. And I recognize that. And I'm here to let you know that not everybody's an asshole. And I recently – I've been trying to get more involved in a suicide awareness page that I follow. And there will be some heartbreaking comments about people where – like they'll just open up and be like, I'm done. Like my wife left me after 45 years for another man. I'm terror. Like I'm done. Like I just can't do this anymore. And I'll reach out to them and I'll and I'll try to just – talk to them because it does not cost anything right that i think is what social media is about is is connecting with people not being an asshole with people i think and it, that's I what think it can be yes what is it i said i think it can be yes yes, yes. and, and that's what uh, unfortunately
1: ahead. a lot of the uh, unfortunately a lot of the headlines that you get from that are social media based are the negatives I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is. And, and, and that's a terrible thing. It really is. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it.
0: That's a terrible thing. Right. And it's hard in today, especially if, if you're trying to be honest with yourself, what motivation and what, like what, what extra do you get by being honest with yourself or with somebody else? if the world if you're just gonna be negative about everything all the time like the world in general if the world in general is going to be negative what is what is motivating somebody to be open about it because that person just shut themselves out they can just shut themselves out and be a lone wolf and just do their own thing and that's fine if that works for you that is okay like no one's going to tell you how you should deal with something right like if it works for you that is fine as long as it's safe all right As long as it's safe and it works for you, that is good. Like, that's fine. But what motivation, what incentive is it for somebody to open up if all they see is negative? And a long time ago, and then, you know, and that plays into the whole. Are you, you, is it just that you're not ready to open up or are you holding yourself back from opening up? And sometimes you might hold yourself back from opening up because of the negative aspect of everything that's going on in the world. Maybe you don't want to open up because you don't want to open up that, that, that book bag of all these things that are going on because you think people are just going to shit on everything that you got going on. And that plays a whole different role into everything. And somebody told me, one of my old coaches when I was playing baseball told me, you kind of you get like you gotta find your want to, right? And you gotta find your want to because the want to is different from the need to. and it's all tied together. So you may not want to do something like you may you may not want to open up, right? But you may need to to save your own life, right? Mm-hmm. You may not want to admit that you have a drinking problem. And I'm not speaking to you, Brad. I mean, just in general. You may not want to admit.
1: A, I've, I've, I've never had a problem drinking. What are you, what are talking
0: about this. I, I, I've never have issues drinking. It goes down smooth every time. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> like you, you may you may not want to admit that you have a drinking problem, but you need to admit that you have a drinking problem if you want to better yourself. Um, you may not want to admit that. You and your significant other have a drug problem, and that you lost your kids. Well, guess what? You lost your parental rights because you're not fit to be parents. Now you need to admit that so you can get your damn kid back. You may not want to admit that you're a shit husband because you decide that you're gonna spend all your money on things that you really don't need to be spending money on if you are struggling to pay bills. You need to admit that and go fix that. And you may not want to admit. That you were dealing with depression or anxiety or trauma or anything like that, but sometimes you need to admit it to yourself at least to get it out there. Because again, it's not about the qual- the quantity; it's about the quality. It's about the quality of admittance, not the quantity of admittance.
1: Yes, and you know, and and this, I think this is a great place to to kind of leave it. Um, we we have run over a little bit, but. I mean, even with the break, but I do, I, yep. and you mentioned it, you mentioned it earlier. Um, well, you mentioned, you know, suicide and stuff like that. I would like to point out that September is suicide awareness month. Yes. It is something that is something that is very, very dear, near and dear, especially to Dan's heart, to my heart as well. Um, you know, and, and I'm not talking about going out there, saving life, but, but I am talking about be aware, be aware. Other people may be going through some things, you know, there, there's, you know, almost everybody has been impacted in one way or another by suicide so please please keep in mind we're all human you know that that person that yeah i mean you that it may be taking a a while for your entree to get to the table and you feel like bad mouthing that that server don't don't we're all humans we all deal with things in our own way but that being said there have there there are the the suicide prevention month is is september and um i would also like to say that you know since i wasn't around last week and neither neither was dan i would like to say that um uh never forget that's all i'm gonna say about it.
0: just never forget what last right. week was never forget um it's pretty obvious i mean that's what we're talking about is just september 11th you know just never forget the one thing i want to say is everybody talks about september 12th and how whole everybody was september 12th the way that everybody was whole is how we should be forever every single day for the rest of our lives we need to be whole it doesn't matter who you voted for doesn't matter what you think about your politics and doesn't matter about your religion, doesn't matter your race, anything like that. It's it's whole. We're all in this shit together. Um I just want to do a quick shout out Chris and Seth. You guys did and we probably should have done this at the top, but you guys did an absolutely phenomenal job filling in for both Brady and I and for those of you that have not maybe listened to that episode yet Seth and Chris you all did a fantastic job on an episode about purpose and I when I was listening to that continuously messaged both of you about how great that episode was it is a little bit longer kind of like today today's gonna be a little bit longer than our norm um but it is absolutely worth every minute listening listening to that, to that episode. Um, The other thing that I want to bring up real quick too is like we said earlier, we have people that come out to us and tell us that they're not ready to listen to the podcast because they don't want to go into that rabbit hole. That's okay. (laughs) Nobody's going to force you to jump into that hole until you're ready to do that. All right. But understand, like we say that there is a difference between not being ready and keeping yourself and being ready it is okay to not be okay but let's not stay there yeah. when we do this podcast brady and i are opening up about things that we normally would not talk about we talk about it to our spouse we don't talk about it to us too or we talk about it with us we don't talk about it to anybody else we don't talk about it with our spouse when we open up about this stuff we are trying to be transparent with you and we're trying to show you That being transparent may not be all that bad. It's hard to get through, but there's good that comes through it. And we always say, if you need somebody to talk to, you can always reach out to us. We are always going to be there. There are people out there that are struggling every single day. If you need somebody to talk to, this is a safe place to go. We have built a community that I think that is very open, very accepting, very respective, And if you stumble across this podcast, you know, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram all by the same title. We have started a playlist on Spotify about songs that we've kind of just hold dear to us, stuff that means things, stuff that ties into these episodes. Um, We're trying to do what we can to reach out to everybody. We don't get paid for this. We don't have sponsors. We don't have fancy gear. We're just two dudes that have walked through fire. We're just two dudes that have basically, you know, went toe to toe with the devil and have lived to tell the story. And if it wasn't for all y'all out there that follow and that listen, you know, this, the podcast may not be much of anything. But with the support that we've gotten and the support that we give each other b- between this podcast, you know, it it's important to us. And even if we had one person listening, we're still gonna do this. You know, even, shit, even if nobody listened, we'd still be doing this, because it's beneficial to us. And at the end of this episode, I had a really good friend of mine. um, His name is Lewis. He wrote a poem basically about, well, it's kind of about, it's about you. It's about you as a person. It's about It's about loving yourself. It's about understanding who you are as a person. It's about understanding that we're all we're all in this together. It's about understanding that we all go through some things. And at the end of the day, really kind of the one thing that only matters is that if you love yourself, you know, if somebody else loves you, that's great. If you have a significant other that loves you, that's that's even better. but. The important thing is about loving who you are.
2: You are worth it. You are worth it for yourself, for your friends, your family, and to me. And at the end of the day, you owe it to yourself. Life is the most precious thing on this earth. From the roots in the ground, to the sun in the sky now. I may just be some ordinary guy. And you continue to wonder why that, when flowers continue to bloom and the birds fly by, a baby is born and somebody dies, but it's the way of life. A vicious never-ending cycle that stops for no one, and the world will continue to spin beneath your feet, and you can't stop it. Do you know what you could do? And trust your life in your own hands. Be the best you can be each and every single day. Why? Because you're worth it? Why? Because you're perfect? Why? Wait, I'm not perfect. Why would you say that? There's no business of perfection. I wake up every morning seeking direction. I go to bed every night yearning love and affection, but you were telling me that I am perfect. Why? I told you in the first place the reason why. Because you're worth it. You may not see it right now, and you may not understand. You are perfect, just the way you are. Sure, you think it's a ruse. Leave your mind in shambles, misdirected, confused. All the bad friendships you had left you battered and bruised, and even the one you loved left you shattered and used. But you are perfect. You are worth it all the smiles that you shared, shining up to the sky how your selflessness paved the way to your heart every time but at the end of the night you're just a deity of your own criminal mind engulfed by the demons that are buried inside intertwined by the days when you laugh and you cried but according to you the real you was buried alive and all your friends get to see or your shadows arise you are worth it if you were to leave right now the only remembrance we have of you is the after image of what we once used to be now who is that fair to To you or to me? Never should you question your worth. Never should anyone have you second-guess yourself. Never should you have to fight the battles alone. And I know it's a lot to deal with. But I've been there. It's dark. It's lonely. It leaves you with a rough gut feeling. And it feels so much like quicksand that the harder you try, the deeper you sink. But I promise you, there's a light at the end of every tunnel. So I am begging you not to give up on yourself. Not to give up on the ones who matter most. And I'm begging you not to give up on me. You're better than that. I'll do what it takes to go that extra mile. I'll do what it takes even to sit here in silence a while. I'll do what it takes even if you think that I'm just selfish and vile. And I'll do what it takes just to see you smile. So yes, you are worth it. You are worth it. You don't owe anyone explanations. It's okay to be intimidated by your own expectations, chewed up and spit out by your own frustrations. Look at the stars, align your constellations and you can tell that one day you are destined for greatness. Have patience. We are right here with you. One day it's me, the next it's someone you're close to. When you were young, all you wanted were your dreams to come true and then you grew had new dreams to pursue, caught up in misdirection, had not the slightest of clues, and somehow you lost sight of what really was true. But all those mishaps and fuck-ups is what led me to you. We grew. Our bond and our friendship was tougher than glue. And ever since then, I always knew that you were worth it to me.